Welcome to the York County Economic Alliance podcast series produced by Bold Creative Media. As York County's official Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development Organization, we're here as a resource center to connect you to specialized funding, business services, advocacy programs, and events to help you and your business thrive. Hello, everyone. This is Kevin Schreiber with the York County Economic Alliance. Thanks for joining us for another one of our podcast series. Uh, today with me is the wonderful and fabulous Miss Julie Poland of Summit Human Resource Development. Uh, Julie, I have had the great fortune of knowing for many years now, um, and uh, I know that you have had uh, an incredible career that, that has delved into a lot of uh, human uh, resource needs and working with a lot of businesses and organizations throughout your county. But why don't you tell us a little bit about what, what your company does on a daily basis? And I feel like I know a little bit more, but for someone that may be listening that hasn't met you. Sure. My goal is to help business owners and their teams achieve the kinds of results they want to achieve. Sometimes that involves helping them to define what their goals are, most often that relates to removing the obstacles that are preventing them from getting there when they want to, as fast as they want to, or even broadening their sense of what the possibilities are for their business. That must be a fascinating, I mean, it really must be a fascinating career for you as it takes you to the inner workings of every organization, which I'm sure are, are very positive and, and very crazy sometimes too. I love it. It's incredibly interesting. There's almost nothing that I like more than watching somebody get a light bulb over their head mm -hmm. on an issue that has been bothering them for a really long time. I'm not the answer woman. I'm the question woman. I bring the process and the structure to help people that are inside the company who know what's going on on a daily basis to identify and sometimes just to communicate it with the people that can actually do something about it. So really, you're the problem solver sometimes and you kind of help them help them solve their own problems and sort of walk them through a, a, a path and a process. Yes, a catalyst for change. And sometimes we don't know what the change is going to be. Mm -hmm. I had a CEO say to me one time a long time ago, you know, Julie, we hired you guys to come in and help departments work better with one another, to have better relationships so that we could serve our customers better. What we got was a catalyst for change. Does that happen to you often? Well, yeah, it happens all the time. Right. Sometimes the presenting issue, just like when you go to the doctor and you have a rash, the presenting issue is not necessarily the issue. It's a symptom of something else that's going on. So Part of what we're trying to do is help people get past all that surface stuff, take a deep dive and figure out exactly what is going on and what needs to happen to help things get better. Awesome. Very cool. Good metaphor. Hopefully it doesn't happen too often for me. Um, <laughs> but nevertheless, uh, but it's a, it's a really interesting segue because today we wanted to hone in on, you know, kind of a specific topic and, and specific line of work within, you know, all that you're working with, with with companies throughout your county in central Pennsylvania. But the four elements of rapid business growth, which, again, people tend not to, you know, really deal with this. It's a good problem to have, so to speak. It's one of those problems where they'll cross that bridge when they get there. Um, but it's, it's scaling up is probably an issue that, that many don't have to deal with uh, and aren't planning for. And I would imagine that you can really help them plan for, for what that type of growth could look like. Yes. I just need to say one thing about that at the beginning, and that is that I think one of the limiting factors for businesses is that their vision is not as big as it really could be, hmm. that they could actually be more of a growing business. It can even start at, at the very beginning 
in some of the volunteer work that I do for SCORE with how do you set up your logo? How do you set up your business cards? What does that communicate about how you see yourself, how you see your business five years down the road? So if you can, to some extent, decide to be a business that wants to scale up. Right. That's, uh, that actually is pretty introspective right there, too. And I know through your work with SCORE, sometimes you're really dealing with the fundamental kind of base needs of this company. So when you get into a, a company where you really have identified that, boy, you know, growth is incredibly well. I mean, they're, they're doing very successful. And, and how, how do you identify, you know, what their needs are at that place in time? And is there sort of, you know, telltale signs that you tend to look for? So if you're listening to this, you know, what are some of those things that you might be thinking about and, and spot within your business? Let's talk about for a minute kind of a definition of a rapidly growing business. Sure. Um, because that's what these are really designed around, but they can be applied to businesses of different sizes and different rates of growth. First of all, just for the purposes of these four principles, 35% a year growth, year over year, and gross revenue is what we're talking about in terms of rapidly growing. In addition, probably in company size, we're talking about $10 million in revenue. So for many small businesses that are listening out there that might be like, well, that's not exactly small. Right. You know. Right. But um, some of the principles work better when you have a larger organization. For instance, it requires more infrastructure for communication when you have 50 people versus when you have five or 1.5 in your business. So... Um, 35% growth, and let's just talk about what those four principles are, and then we can dig yeah. into them sure. uh, as you go through. The first thing, of course, is the strategy. Um, the strategy is the intention behind the business. It's the vision. It's the values. And with a rapidly growing business, probably the biggest difference in how this approach treats strategy is that you don't create a three-year plan, a two-and-a-half-year plan, probably not even a two-year plan. Um, because the conditions in the business, the conditions in the industry are changing so rapidly, your senior team gets together on a quarterly basis and assesses wow. where are we, what's happening, what's working, what's not working, so that they can make adjustments quickly and then move in the direction. Um, also part of that strategy is in your leadership, part of the role is being able to accurately predict what is going on based on what you see out in the field, uh, what you see with clients, what you see with emerging comp competitors. Um, so you need to act on that information right away if you want to stay in front of it instead of reacting. You're the first person to make the move. So that's strategy. Second is people, um, the right people on your team. Um, Absolutely. And even how do you attract the people? There's one really interesting story in a book that I've been uh, reading a lot about. It's kind of my reference book right now called Scaling Up by Vern Harnish. Um, and he talks about a company that is basically a trash hauling company. And they were trying to be very customer focused because that's not exactly the most glamorous job description right, somebody could right. have to be driving or, or lifting heavy objects a couple times a week. Um, so what they decided to do was go where people might be that would be looking for that kind of work. Their strategy to get the right people on their team was to go to fitness clubs and say, hey, hmm. why, pay, why pay for a fitness membership when you can get your fitness at work? 
That's and actually fascinating. <laughs> yeah. So they turned the whole concept of um, who is it going to be that's going to be loading trash well, onto gym trucks? Gym membership. Let us pay you. Yeah, let yeah. us pay you to get and stay in shape. Wow. And that kind of helped to create the culture in the company. Now, is that an extreme example? Sure. Sure. Right. But um, sometimes companies are so in such a hurry to try and grow and to fill a position that they get tempted to make the fast hire. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you can hire for skills and knowledge, but if you hire for skills and knowledge, you have a big likelihood of firing later for attitudes and habits. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. So um, it becomes more important when you want to scale up to have people that have attitudes and habits that are consistent with the values of the company. The skills and knowledge you can train, you can send people to conferences and classes and that kind of thing. Now, there are certain types of organizations, of course, like healthcare organizations where you're not going to say, oh, yeah, we'll help you get your MD. You want people to come already with licensures and that kind of stuff if that's what the business requires. But the point is um, hire slowly to make sure you get in the right people that are not just going to be with you now but are going to be able to be a force for improvement and change and growth as you move ahead. Hmm. Interesting. So strategy, people. The third is execution. Execution relates to certain business disciplines that you get, operational disciplines, and that relates to things like what are the key performance indicators that each person is responsible for. Another way to say, you've heard people talk about KPIs before. Mm -hmm. Another way to look at this is what are the key promises that this person is designed to keep, like do they answer a phone within three rings or do they deliver um, proposals on time do they deliver projects on deadline or under cost? Um, so that that takes that really, really big picture of the strategy and takes it down to every single set of hands and feet that are in the organization. That's part of it. Another part of execution is a meeting rhythm. Remember I mentioned earlier about doing the planning on a quarterly basis? Right. Um, then there are also things like weekly management meetings and daily huddles. The daily huddle is probably one of the best tools to make sure you're on top of anything that's happening, any obstacles that are in the way. A lot of businesses choose not to do them, whether they're big, small, growing, or not growing fast, because uh, they'll either let the time frame get out of hand, or they'll, they'll create situations in the huddles where they're trying to solve a problem rather than just identify the problem. So then somebody can go offline. Right, gotcha. And deal with the problem later. So that's that's execution. And the fourth is cash. Um, this is really a challenge for growing businesses because you can be taking on clients, but you have to be investing in your production. You have to be sometimes dealing with slow payers, um, a variety of issues. You may need more capital to expand your facility, get new machinery. Um, so... That has to be dealt with strategically as well. What are the ways that you can speed up the flow of cash into the business to help fuel the growth of the business? So of these four, are they taken successively? Are they? I assume they're not consecutive. They're kind of all four running almost parallel to some degree. Yes, they're all working in parallel. And from company to company, it sort of depends on where the company is and where they would kind of jump onto the carousel to try and be more intentional about all of this. Um, For those out there who might be Stephen Covey fans, you know, beginning with the end in mind is really important. So 
I would almost always advocate to sit down and say, are we making a commitment to growth or are we not? Right. And if we are making a commitment to growth, okay, now let's get all these these things in order. So you have to kind of assess where you are in each of these areas, set priorities. Um, one of the concepts that can be talked about here is, is your focus right now on people or on process? Um, hmm. And sometimes even you might want to have a theme for a month. This month, we're all about profit margin, making sure that we're not quoting anything just to get the business that's coming in under the line of a desirable margin. Um, or it might be 40 new customers. What is a number mm -hmm. that people are shooting for that everybody in the company, by the way, is shooting for, not just the couple people that are at the top of the house. Right. Everybody needs to know what's going on so that they can help to contribute to that. Um, so that provides focus for their activities. So how in, in some of the companies that you've worked with or case studies that you've uh, read about, do you find that as these businesses are scaling up pretty rapidly and as you noted, you know, sometimes being forced to make quick hires, have you found that um, staying true to culture is, uh, is a challenge over that time and ensuring that, you know, whatever type of culture that that organization wants to be known for, assuming it's positive, is a challenge to, to keep embedded into uh, the, the structure of the organization as it does scale up quickly? The core values are an interesting thing. Um, this doesn't relate necessarily directly to scaling up, but really to almost any business. When people go to do their strategic planning, mm -hmm. a lot of times they think about what are our core values. Oftentimes they don't write what their actual values are. They write aspirational values about who is it we want to be. It's very difficult to have people aligned with your business around what you want it to be um, because you're not there yet. So really taking a hard look at it, what is it that we are really about, we can say we're on time all the time. But if we constantly make a decision, we'd rather have it be right than be on time, then don't say we're going to be on time. Right. So, uh, yes, I do believe as you grow, um, it can be difficult. But I also think this these are supporting infrastructures that we're talking about, these meeting rhythms, um, uh, doing the planning. And it, it's actually the infrastructure that helps to carry the organization forward, these processes that they go through. That actually becomes the driver of the culture. Interesting. So in some of the companies that you've worked with, um, are there, of these four criteria, are there some that they tend to miss or overlook, or is it really unique to each and every company? I think... Um, in most companies, the cash part is dealt with by the by the finance department. Right. That's oftentimes not something that's discussed beyond there. Um, now, probably also because of the focus of my business, I wouldn't be getting as involved in that. Although my background was in banking, that's just not what we that's right. not what we get into. I think execution is probably the area that gets ignored, um, especially uh, when a business is a smaller business that is deciding to grow. Uh, oftentimes, the founder of the business is still integrally, integrally involved in the business, and sometimes there's a bit of reticence to share information mm -hmm. about what's going on because there's a perception that employees are going to overblow what the CEO takes home and either get annoyed by that 
where they'll be looking at the car in the parking lot and saying, why can't I have a raise? This guy mm-hmm. has a Jag. Yeah. Um, I've literally had a CEO say that <laughs> to me on more than one occasion. Um, but in the whole part of execution, making sure that not only do everybody does everybody in the organization understand what's going on from a strategic perspective, it also means how you attract how you attack problems changes. Um, when you have that morning huddle, that means I believe that you, Kevin, who are the person who's doing the work every day, knows enough to tell me if things are not going right. And in more traditional business environments, it, there was very much of a feeling that the the founder, who was the content expert when the company was founded, has to be the person to make that call. Right. And um, that's probably the biggest transition in execution when they when they go through that transition from founder led to professionally managed. That's huge. So is it really like distributed leadership where you're you're the more you start to impart trust into your employees, which I can imagine for companies that are in rapid growth, it's probably a tricky part. You know, it's a chicken and egg or a cart and a horse, whatever analogy you want, um, where are they willing to relinquish control? Are they willing to be transparent? Um, And do you find that there's a, is there a secret sauce for different companies at different stages or is it really unique to each one? And do you help, uh, back to what you had said at the onset that you're really, you get in there to help kind of walk them through a process and they, they really uncover their solutions. I think one of, if, if there were a secret sauce, I would say more focus on process and less focus on people. That Mm -hmm. may sound like the antithesis of getting the right people on board. You do need people who know what they're doing. You do need people who are able to get along with other people and other functions in the, in the company. But, um, a bad process is going to overwhelm a good person all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes, and, and this isn't just production processes. I'm not just talking manufacturing. Right. I'm talking about how do we bill? How do we collect? Um, how, what's our process for hiring? Right. Uh, that yeah, alone. Presumably, if you have a good process, you should hopefully be setting your people up with a good process to hire more good people. And, you know, it's exponential thereafter. Exactly, and it reduces your risk along the way that one person is going to take the whole thing into a left turn um, because you have that thing that's keeping everybody on track. And, you know, today we're kind of focused in on rapid growth companies, but obviously this is, you know, these types of principles are probably true and, you know, and applicable across the board to most companies. At what point would you suggest, you know, know, businesses contact someone like yourself to come in and assist? And, you know, are they generally reticent to do so? Or is it usually out of exhaustion or overwhelming? You know, they're overwhelmed and they're just, you know, they're calling you because you're a miracle worker. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Or they just know that they need to call someone. Um, You know, is it better to be thinking about these things constantly, even when they're not in a period of rapid growth? There have been two major motivators for people to, to call me or send me an email saying, hey, let's talk. One is in moments of desperation where uh-huh. there's something going on. Um, it felt like they were coasting along or maybe it was that they were actually not wanting to see it because it was out of their comfort zone to deal with a certain issue and thinking maybe it would go away and resolve itself. It rarely does. Um, but the vast majority of the people that work with me do it because they're inspired, not Mm -hmm. desperate. 
um, and they've decided that there's a certain way that they want to run their business. They want to be about best practices. They want to about, be about continuous learning. And so they want to build that in. They want to bake it into how they do business every day. And, you know, that that doesn't require any size. That can be a company of one to decide how it is you want to be and who it is you want to be and then look for resources. Um a long time ago, when the book The Fifth Discipline came out, there was a whole cultural thing about the learning organization. And it was actually said that I think it was something like 2% of the overall budget of the company should be invested back into helping the people become more effective in the company mm -hmm. to remove some of the obstacles. I haven't read any of that specifically lately, but I think it still is a sound thing. Um, it's, it's protecting your potential by investing in it along the way, just like you don't wait till a, a piece of machinery that's key to your business breaks down. The people in your company are the only asset you have that appreciates over time, hmm. not depreciates over time. So it really is deferred maintenance to some degree. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, avoiding deferred maintenance, which only compounds over time or the converse is true, where if you're constantly investing in that piece of equipment, which in this case may be human capital, uh, which sounds so callous to say, but but you know it it will pay positive dividends back to the company. Yes. Now here here's the other thing I just wanted to mention related to all this. Um, if you think about it in terms of watching television, mm -hmm. um, you may have a television, but you need to make the decision about what show you want to watch. I think sometimes we don't necessarily take that same tactic when we look at what kind of company do we want to be. Uh, we will wait for culture to reveal itself rather than choose it and choose the picture, choose the show, and then uh, proceed to then build that in, find ways to communicate about that, find ways to reinforce it. And that might be things like talking about success stories. It might be um, a pizza day when you reach a certain goal. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be glamorous. It just has to communicate yes, this is what we want. Right. And not, no, this is not what we want. It's yes, this is what we want. Because what you encourage, what you reward tends to expand. So focus on positive reinforcement, not negative reinforcement. Yeah. I mean, some sometimes you have to say, sure. uh, let's not do X. No pizza day. <laughs> but instead, instead, if we do Y instead of X, Here's what I think we can we can get done. So what do you think about that? How far do you think that can take us? Let's just mess around here and see how far do you think this can go? Let's let's set a straw man out there and see if we can hit it. So, you know, sort of recapping a little bit, the four elements um, for rapid business growth that we covered strategy, people, execution, and cash or access to capital. And it sounds like, you know, that generally people tend to call you out of moments of desperation or inspiration. Yes. Um, so if you're, you know, if you were a random listener to this podcast and, and has, you know, that individual has a business, whether it's 50 employees or five employees or one employee, um, you know, at what point would you suggest that they contact someone like yourself, you know, just to kind of make sure that they, they, they have that focus or they have that long-term strategy? It is rare that someone will suddenly say, I need to right. do X project. I would love to talk to someone just to see what they're thinking, what are they trying to do. It may be that what I do is the answer for them. It may be that there's a different answer that would serve their purpose for right now. 
very well. But there's absolutely no risk and no commitment necessary to have that initial conversation and say, okay, what are we trying to get done here? Are there types of questions that you would coach them to be thinking about when they're driving in the car or they're in the shower and they're thinking about their business or what's before them for that day or whether they're in a moment of desperation or inspiration? What are those types of questions that they should constantly be breathing and thinking about um, to, to move their, their move whatever needle they need to move forward? No matter what needle they're trying to move, it's always about what's the gap between where we are and where we want to be. And uh, it can be very difficult when you're in up to the elbows in your business every day to be thinking about where do I want to be in six months? Where do I want this business to be in a year or in two years? Um, it's only once you do that and then identify, okay, if I get there, what will that mean? Right. Um, so what are the rewards of doing that? Does that mean more money for me? Does that mean more vacation time? Does that mean uh, prestige? Does it mean community contribution? What is it that's driving me toward that end? Then the second piece is, okay, where am I now? And what's in the way? Right. And oftentimes that's what our conversation involves. Our conversation involves where do I want to go, why, what's in the way. And my goal is to try and help them remove those obstacles that are in the way between where they are and where they want to be. Helping people along their journey. Yep. Like the Incredible Hulk. Just wandering <laughs> town to town helping people. Wonder Woman, not the Incredible uh, of Hulk. Of course, naturally. <laughs> right. Naturally. I should have known better. Jeez. Julie Poland, you're wonderful. You're a wonderful person. You're a wondrous individual. Uh, with Summit Human Resource Development. And what we didn't tell you when you came in here was that I was going to hit you up with some rapid-fire lightning round questions at the end. Awesome. Yes, so it's going to be fun. All right. um, So very quickly, Mm -hmm. in the rapid-fire moment, Mm -hmm. since you mentioned TV shows, what's your favorite TV show? Oh, Game of Thrones. Did you watch last night? I certainly did. And for those that are tuning in at some later date, it just the new season came out last night, so that that dates us. Guilty pleasure food? Peanut butter. What's the song that you're going to sing in the shower that no one will listen to? They will listen to any song oh, I sing true. in the shower. <laughs> when no one is listening, what song are you going to sing? When no one is listening, I would probably sing some Broadway show. My daughters would say it's um, Don't Rain on My Parade. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fitting. Nicely done. You're flipping channels on the TV and, you're, and the movie comes on that always stops you in your tracks and you sit and you watch it. Um, I would say that would be You've Got Mail. Ah, nicely done. Little Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks fan, are you? Yes. Tom Hanks, more than Meg Ryan. Okay. (laughs) Um, And, well, there you go. Right into the next one. Most attractive movie star. George Clooney. Is there a question? Well, not in my (laughs) mind. And have, let's see, favorite high school musical that you were in in Central York High School? <laughs> yeah. How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. With your favorite co-star of? Yes, Mr. Fred Botterbush. There we go. The one and only Fred Botterbush of Mantech. <laughs> and have you, Julie Poland, reached self-actualization on Maslow's hierarchy? No. I hope never to be done. There you go. That's a perfect answer for someone constantly striving for perpetual improvement. So thank you for joining us today, Julie Poland, and thank you everyone for taking time out of your day to listen. Thank you. You got it. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Weiss EA podcast series produced by Bold Creative Media. 
For more information, visit us on our website at www.ycea-pa.org or call us anytime and talk to one of our experienced staff members at 717-848-4000. And always remember to start here.